one to Real Life, Real Equity with your host Justin and the lovely Keisha Brooks. Say hello everyone. Hey and welcome everybody. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. And we'll do that right after this commercial break. Are you part of the club? The Real Equity Club is a group of like-minded individuals. The club's purpose is to help create more wealth for its members. The mission of the club, to help you increase your passive income and net worth. The club is completely free to you. When you join, you will receive the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. So join the club now at realequityclub.com to gain access. Or send us an email to info at realequityclub.com. That's info at realequityclub.com equityclub.com. We want to see you succeed in business and in life. So go to the website at realequityclub.com and join now. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Real Life Real Equity Podcast with Justin and Keisha. We are happy to have you today. Yes. Very excited. Very excited. Now, Today, we are going to be talking about partnerships, partnerships, you know, all those things that come with being on the same page, right? Right, right. Kind of like dating. Kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like dating. We think it's a very interesting topic because a lot of times to get to where you want to go, it takes the help of other people. Yes, exactly. And the help of other people means you have to align your interests with those other people, which means you have to have a common goal in place. Exactly. It really takes a village to build on to what it is you're trying to achieve. That's right. It takes a a village. It takes a team. It takes a group of people, a like-minded group of people, all of those things. So let's talk about some actionable tips and tricks. Uh, First, I want to dispel the myth that partnerships don't work. So there's a very prominent financial figure in the world today who says the only ship that won't sell is a partnership. Mm. And I want to dispel that myth first with some background of what it actually means to run a partnership. One, on a previous podcast, we defined what a general partnership was and what a limited partnership was. But one of the things that we are really keen on is actually putting some social proof behind why we say what we say, right? Right, right. Uh, So let's first off define what it means to have a partnership. Okay. Okay. So there are general partners and we're going to define it without giving you the like Webster's dictionary version. We're going to define it in our own words. So our general partnerships start with the people who have unlimited liability and I would say say so in whatever it is you're doing. Right. It's not the legal definition of it because legally being a general partner requires some other things. But if you think about it in terms of the easiest way to understand, a general partner is somebody who has the same right and same say as you when it comes to a business endeavor. Right, right. So it's like an equal relationship. Correct. When you talk about limited partners, many times limited partners don't have as much uh, liability mm-hmm. and they don't have as much say in how the day-to-day operations of a company works. Right. So they're not putting in a lot of labor or or input or input like yeah. a general partner. Right. And so when we put a blanket statement out there, like the only ship that won't sell is a partnership, we are essentially sharing with people that you should not ever get into a partnership. And that's not necessarily the truth. So mm-hmm. let me define what I mean. Let's use some big names. Yeah. Right. Mm hmm. 
You have people like Bill Gates. Yes. You got people like Steve Jobs, mm-hmm, right. Zuckerberg. We're going to go through really briefly, and I'm going to give you a couple of case studies of why these people actually do the exact opposite of what that one statement we started with in the beginning, the only ship that won't sell is a partnership. No, they actually do the opposite of it. Yeah. So Bill Gates' second in command at the time was... Was Paul Allen. Right. Paul Allen was a guy who helped Bill Gates get to where he's at. Right. He may not have been the founder... And he may not have been a partner in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But the point is, after Bill Gates and him and a host of other people Mm -hmm. built up Microsoft to be what it is today, eventually Paul Allen walked away with shares of stock. Yeah. Because the bigger the company got, the more money he made. Mm -hmm. He may not have been a true-to-life general partner in the sense where he had equal say. But he still was one of Bill Gates' partners. Yes. So sometimes in a partnership, it may not always balance out as 50-50. Right. You Absolutely. know, maybe 60-40 or 70-30. Or, you know, you get 1%. Right. And I think a lot of that um, depends on the person's equity position. Right. Absolutely. In and so, so in the case of Steve Jobs, his second in command was Steve Wozniak, right? Right. So Steve Wozniak may not have been his general partner. Right. He may not have had the ability to make all the decisions. Mm -hmm. He still became wildly successful because he was a number two. He was a partner of Steve Jobs. Right. And then the last one was Mark Zuckerberg. So if you've ever read about the story of Facebook or if you've ever seen the movie The Social Network, you have seen some of how Facebook was created. He had partners and friends. Yeah. And may not have been general partners. Mm Mm-hmm. But in some sense, those people had a level of equity. Yeah. Now, we're going to talk about that, too, briefly. So when it came to Zuckerberg actually going public with Facebook, those people who were his partners received a direct benefit from the public offering of Facebook. Right. Exactly. And so those people were his partners. And essentially what I'm saying is you do not have to have a partner in all these cases where you, you know, one, give up control, mm-hmm. uh, two, your 50-50 ownership, you know, three, you know, you don't have a say in your company. Right. You know, all of these things are a creative uh, position that you have the ability to negotiate on. So what do I mean? Basically, I'm saying it's all about how creative you can be mm-hmm. in the negotiation and setup of whatever your business is. Right. So a couple of good questions would be, how do you determine an individual to be a good partner? Right. And then what are you looking for in that partner to determine how far you can go with them within your business? It's a great question. And we're going to go ahead and try to answer that today. Yes. Uh, How do you figure out who the right partner is? Right. It has a lot to do with principle-based partnerships. Yeah. It's a principle-based decision. So, you know, Ray Dalio wrote a book on how to create principles Mm -hmm. for this very thing. You know, every relationship you build in your life is built on a number of principles you have. Yeah. And as you establish those principles, uh, Ray Dalio talks about how to put those principles in writing. Mm. And by putting those principles in writing, it allows you to go to whoever you want to partner with, with principles in hand so that they know who you are and how you operate long before you ever do a transaction together. Yeah. So this would be something that, like Justin just said, this would be something 
that you can determine in each relationship. So, And you can do it before you ever start. Yeah. So whether it's a marriage or if it's a friendship, you know, or if it's a business relationship, these principles would apply the same way. That's right. And they would help guide you to the right person. Now, what I want to do is, is really think about this because it's principle based. You know, we're real big on trying to give you actionable steps mm-hmm. like one, two, three, four, five. This isn't the case. Right. You know, in this case, it's not you take step one, two, three, and four, mm-hmm. and now you have the perfect partner. That's right. not the case. Right. You know, uh, one of the people that we follow all the time says, you know, you have to kiss a lot of frogs in order to get the prince, right? Right, exactly. And mm-hmm. so, you know, sometimes you have to get into a partnership to understand what it is you like and don't like about future partnerships. Exactly. You know, and to establish further principles. Principles are not meant to be things that are hard set. Mm-hmm. There are some principles that never change. Right. There's some underlying values and, and, and beliefs that you have that are a foundation of what it is you're building. Right. But just like a house, the foundation doesn't change. You just add to, to it. it. Yeah. Or inside of the house, you don't change the whole house mm-hmm. unless you just want to redo everything. But you do change some some remodel you know Mm -hmm. you might change out a couple of your core values to update them based off of some new experience you may have like just like updating the kitchen right so when you think about relationships one thing i always think about is when you first started dating okay yeah it's very much like Mm -hmm. dating and when you get into a business relationship a partnership it's kind of like marriage yeah yeah. Uh, so you have to date a couple of times with a person before you ever commit to marriage. Right. And it's really hard to get in and it can be really hard to get out. It yes. could also be very easy to get into a marriage, but it can be very, very costly and very hard to get out. Mm-hmm. That's why it's very important to make sure that you choose the right partner. Typically, what we have done in the past is we've partnered on much smaller projects to understand who it is we want to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, you can consider anyone a partner, right? Right. Anyone who has a common goal to meet an end can be considered your partner. Yeah. For example, you might have a contractor who's remodeling your bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're your partner in the endeavor of creating. They're your partner in the endeavor of creating a new bathroom that fits your needs. Right. Their goal is to create what you want. Your goal is to create what you want. Mm -hmm. You now have created a partnership and you can figure out how you work well with other people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just think about it. Even if they, they work for you, it's still considered a partnership. Yeah. Honestly, no one has to do anything for you. Mm -hmm. It's only by choice. And so, when you partner with them, you have to make sure that what you believe is in alignment with what they want. Yeah. And vice versa, because it's reciprocal. So creating mutually beneficial relationships, that's another part of it, right? Yeah. Well, and realizing that also as you are, that would be a relationship that is temporary. Right. But realize that from that relationship, you can build other permanent relationships just by association. Agreed. All right, so now it's time for your educational tip of the week. This week's educational tip of the week is shareholders and stakeholders. All right. So uh, we're talking about shareholders and stakeholders because what we just went through with general partners and limited partners and relationships and partnerships and all that stuff flows directly into what it means to be a shareholder and a stakeholder. So let me define for you what it means to be a stakeholder. So a stakeholder is a person or group with a stake or legitimate interest in a company's actions. Mm. A shareholder is someone who owns 
shares of a company. Simple as that. Yeah, very simple. Yet very different. Mm-hmm. So a stakeholder could be someone who is responsible for the firm's long-term survival. Right. A shareholder may be someone like a limited partner who's not necessarily responsible for the long-term survival, but whose interest is tied to the long-term survival mm. of that business. Yeah. Even though they sound very similar, mm-hmm. it's a very different form of holdings. Yeah. You know, your shareholders versus your stakeholders. A good example of this would be if you're looking at a company, imagine the CEO and the board. The CEO would be the person that is in position to answer to the board. So the board is the stakeholders of that company. That's right. And the shareholder is the person who gets the benefit of whatever the maximized profits are, the firm's maximization of profits and wealth creation and satisfaction. Right. So just like if you were to go buy a stock off of E-Trade or something. Right. right. So that was your educational tip of the week. Uh, we just want to take a minute to remind you about our new addition to the website. It's now not so new, but we have, again, our featured book list. Our featured book list. Yes. Uh, it just so happens that uh, yours truly is uh, a number one bestselling author. The name of the book was Resilience, Turning Your Setbacks into Comebacks. Right, right. And so we're excited about that new addition to our uh, list of accomplishments. We're super excited. It's a very, very powerful book. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. You get to learn a little bit about my story and you get to learn about a host of other stories. There's about 38 different authors in the book Mm -hmm. um, who put out just stories of resilience. I mean, like if you ever were going through a tough time in your life, this is a book to help you understand you can do it. Yes. People walk from so many different walks of life. There's so many different dynamics and this book definitely demonstrates that that's right that's right so so if you're interested in getting your copy uh, feel free to go to the feature book list there you will be able to find a copy of uh, resilience turning your setbacks into comebacks with uh, yours truly on the cover so yes so moving right along let's talk about equity so you know we call our podcast real life real equity and we define equity as you know anything that adds value typically things that do not cost anything to, to have right right, right. And so relationships is one of those things. Relationships, kids, Mm -hmm, uh, you know, the time spent with those kids and family members and friends. Right. Um, But in all reality, there's several different types of equity, right? There is. Yes. Um, You know, and we're going to talk about business equity right now, because what we just talked about is partnerships. We talked about stakeholders. We talked about shareholders. We talked about general partnerships. We talked about limited partnerships. Mm -hmm. And when you start to talk about all these things, they all have a common thread to them. Yeah, so equity is the difference between what your business is worth minus what you owe on it. Right. And so, you know, that's the true definition of equity. Now, when you start to look at your business equity, what you own in the company is Mm -hmm. that is how we are defining equity right now. So you can determine how much your equity is Mm -hmm. based off of you know, the definition we just said, right? right? Yes. And then however your deal is structured, however your business setup is structured, that tells you how much equity you own in the business. Mm -hmm. We use what we're talking about today is equity in the form of uh, ownership, right? right? So, you know, you have this much equity in a company based off the amount of shares or percentage of ownership you have in said company. Right. And then you can use, again, the definition to determine what that is in a monetary value. Right. Right. Now, that's important. 
is very important because when you start to structure your general partnerships and your limited partnerships, you have to understand a basic level of financial education, right? We're big on that because being able to, one, read through the documents that you need to read through to get the equity, you know, via the private placement memorandums or the offering memorandums or the, you know, the financial statements, the projections and the pro formas, the budgets, you know, all of those operating agreements or, you know, whatever the case may be, being able to read through those documents to, and to have a level of understanding of what you're signing and signing up for and investing in is going to be key because all of the things that we talked about today, they can go just about any direction, right? Yeah, in any partnership. Right. It's interesting because creativity is the only limit on how to structure a deal. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's what makes a lot of the most successful business owners successful. Even in real estate, it's the same thing. Creativity is the thing that separates a very successful real estate investor mm -hmm. from one who's just okay. Yeah. It's all about how creative you can be. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, we want to summarize up what we talked about today. Again, we talked about a little bit about alignment, being able to make sure that you have similar goals. We talked about principle-based partnerships. Yes. If you haven't read the book by Ray Dalio, Principles, go get it, read it. I'm not going to lie. It is a heavy read, not because it's a hard read, but because when you read it, you're going to want to take action. You're going to feel like everything that you've done up to this point is meaningless and you haven't done it right. Mm -hmm. And it's not because you haven't. But it's because the way this guy thinks is so different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so different. So it was a very powerful book. You can go to our future book list. You'll see it there. We talked about equity. We talked about uh, general and limited partnerships. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about stakeholders. We talked about shareholders. And we gave you some key tips and principles on how to create that partnership. Yeah. The importance of having base principles, but then building on top of that. That's right. So let's really briefly, really, really briefly talk about what it is that Keisha and I do to one, not only create alignment, uh, but also how we create principle-based partnerships and relationships that work for us. Yeah. Now, everything isn't perfect, just like, again, like a marriage. You go through your ups and downs. But one of the more powerful things is figuring out how to communicate. Yes. And it's it's interesting. We were literally talking about this. So one key thing that we do is we interview people whether they know it or not. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, that's key. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to make sure that what we are doing aligns with what they are doing. Yes. yes. And then we create strategic relationships with those people. Yes. A lot of times it's filling a weakness. Yeah. It so is. that's what we look for. We look for people who have strengths and our weaknesses and weaknesses. We have their strengths. Right. You know, it has to be a reciprocity um, and not only a reciprocity, there has to be an alignment of the goals. So, right. you know, it would make no sense if I'm strong in, say, sales mm -hmm. and the other person is strong in marketing, but they want to go chase a tech company and I'm trying to chase a real estate deal. We don't have mutually beneficial relationship established today what we're talking about is making sure that you're in a line keisha and i talked about gym owning a gym right yes and you know right now i'm in real estate i love fitness mm -hmm. she's in real estate she loves fitness that's right. an alignment of goals yes so we can go out buy the real estate for the gym mm -hmm. and then own the business for the gym as well right 
So it has to add to your branding. That's right. It has to fit with what you want. Right. So that's how we establish partnerships. And then how we establish alignment. How can you really establish alignment? First, you have to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's why we talk a lot about you know, defining your why and understanding what you want and understanding what you're passionate about and how you're going to form the business. If you don't know what you want, you don't know what to look for. Right. You know, it was a famous quote that says, know from whence you came for. If you know from whence you came, there's no limits to where you can go. Right. You have to know who you are in advance before you ever go out and try to find someone to fill the gap that you don't even know you need or have. Right. Well, one thing I shared with another individual um, that's a business holder is, is you have to value yourself That's right. in order to add value to other people. Absolutely. Your your esteem, uh, your self-esteem is going to be the thing that allows you to not only shine with your strengths, but allow your weaknesses to be shown so that someone else can shine where your weaknesses are. Yeah, that's real good. And we talked about this the other day with a friend of ours. It was being confident, humble. Mm. We're going to interview him. I'm not going to give you his name because he's really a successful home builder, builds beautiful custom homes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was saying being confident, humble. And I thought that was interesting. It was so, it was real. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, know you can't necessarily shy away. And I know I've done this a lot in the past. I've shied away because, you know, I don't want to overstep and be mm-hmm. arrogant. You know, it's a level of confidence that you have to have and you never want to be the guy who's arrogant i don't like being arrogant and i'm a really humble person so you know when you say be confident it's like there's that line yeah and so we try to draw that line really well but you have to still have a level of confidence knowing that you can do what you say you can do and you can step out on faith the way you say you can step out on faith and move forward in the directions that you want to go with confidence yeah that's real good With that being said, we want to thank you for listening. We want to keep it real when others don't. That's the name of the game. We want to show real life examples, real problems, real solutions, real life, real equity. We look forward to you joining us again next week. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you'd like more information on joining the Real Equity Club, visit the website at realequityclub.com. There, you will get access to the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. Again, that's realequityclub.com. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.